Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Mr. Joel. Is anyone else on this podcast? My name is Sarah. <laughs> My name's Aaron. <laughs> The movie this week is Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone from 1983, directed by Lamont Johnson and written by Stuart Harding, John LaFleur, David Preston, Edith Ray, Daniel Goldberg, and Len Bloom. Those are some Marvel Comics writers, I think. Some of those. Oh, nice. Starring Peter Strauss, Molly Ringwald, Ernie Hudson, and Michael Ironside. And uh, it says Andrea Markovici as Chalmers, but her character is collectively in what five minutes of the movie? Yeah, pretty much. She was she was bound to be my favorite character. I was very sad when she was just suddenly not there. Yeah, I think the movie could have used her a little bit longer. Not that there's anything wrong with Molly Room, although I think she did fine. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. Yeah, I chose this movie uh, this week. Oh, Aaron, this was your pick. This is my pick. I I picked it because uh, I remember distantly watching it and remembering that there's some pretty crazy in this movie. And while I was driving over to see you guys, I was like, "Yeah, I kind of want to rel- relive that. See how that see how that was." <laughs> you were cool. dreaming about the zone. That's right. Oh no, the zone. Yep. <laughs> Zone part two. Here we are. Get me out of the zone. (laughs) Yeah, people don't realize this. This is actually a sequel to Tarkovsky's movie, uh, Stalker. I knew it. And when you... I mean, Molly Ringwald's character is a tracker. I think she really is just a stalker. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. She's way more confident with her abilities. Yeah. Than the crazy Russian guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the crazy Russian guy was definitely having some uh, existential crisis. All the crises on every check mark, everything. Yeah. Well, it's a complicated world. This is a very straight or forward world where, yeah, uh, if you land on it, yeah, and you're a person, you're going to get kidnapped, either to be used in some sort of American Gladiator style survival game, okay. Or as a, not even a sex slave. I don't even. Mm-mm. I think they were going to eat them. Well, I mean, Michael Ironside playing Creep Job Master. Uh, oh, right. Those guys. Sorry. Like? I was thinking of the, the, the Amazonian uh, siren, siren women. Oh, I mean, you, sorry. You got to talk about groups of people Oops. here. We got Spoiler. so many to talk about. <laughs> what was your favorite? If you had to pick a favorite clan of weirdos from this movie. Uh,. The ladies that crash landed in the beginning. Yeah, the space babes. <laughs> Wait, they don't count as the weirdos from the. Hey, they're a tribe, dude. That's a normal. They people. got big hair. 
They got flashy spacesuits. Those are specifically the normal people in this movie. Everyone else is weird. I don't know about that. They were talking about Earthers and stuff, and I think the most normal person is supposed to be the leading guy, and maybe Molly Ringwald. Even our, our though Han she's Solo character. like been living on this terrible planet, I don't know. Well, I was thinking specifically of the the many tribes of of goobers who constant, constantly are reaching for them as they're traveling around on their their space truck or whatever it is. Well, this planet uh, we soon find out that this planet is full of goobers because there was some type of plague, <laughs> and this plague uh, marked the planet uninhabitable. Right. For further colonization. So I believe that their supply lines were cut off. And therefore, that's what reduced them to this Mad Max-like state that we uh, we find them in. Situations. Yeah. Um, uh, all, all of them were pretty messed up and creepy in their own way. There was a pretty cool aesthetic to a lot of the vehicles in this film. Uh, and this has nothing to do with the Goobers, obviously. But uh, I enjoyed a lot of the vehicles. They were present in this movie. I can tell that you guys don't want to talk about the goobers. You, you're just you're just passing by those goobers. Well, we can, so. no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. I, I, as, aesthetically wise, uh, like a lot of the sets on this thing are amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It seemed like they had a pretty good budget, and there were a lot of really cool areas that they filmed in that you could tell they had spent time and money and work. To make it look like it was something otherworldly. Uh, go- going back to your original question, though, favorite tribe of uh, of uh, weirdos. Uh, it's probably either our um, our cocooned uh, giant inflatable weirdos, the, the, <laughs> the giant baby the monster, gross, the gross obese. Uh, <laughs> Coming out of the sack. Uh, yeah. What were they like in a? <laughs> the nothing but trouble baby. Creatures. They were hatching yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Like... I, in my imagination, I figured this was like somebody trying to come up with a population <laughs> population control <laughs> issue, like a, a science project gone wrong, perhaps. Maybe a cloning mishap. Um. Then the other one was a. Uh, our 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 our, uh, our our freak out weird baby monsters that are that are kind of just uh, hanging out in the middle of the desert throwing a uh, throwing bomb bah bombs. The, the I chanting. thought they were just the born and that like the sea turtles they just <laughs> are running for something. <laughs> they <they're laughs> are talking about the fleshy guys still. Yeah. 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 Born total sea turtle ready to, ready to take off. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. Sacks. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. Weird cocoon. Gross, like chrysalis thing. The suits they were wearing to look that way actually, I found kind of refreshing from some of the other type of like fat suits I've seen Mm. people wear in movies. Like those weren't suits. Those are just those people are disgusting. The other ones I've seen in movies, it's like they always try to make people look big and shiny and like bulbous, like areas of fat on them. Yeah. And in this situation, okay, the faces were terrible, but the bodies looked like they were wearing like kind of a big, 
a leather <laughs> suit or something. Yeah. That wasn't like as like balled out or like shiny. It looked like looked like you could run in it, like if it was like a leather trench coat or something. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. They do they do a lot of running and juggling, you know, and grasping. And just one of the many tribes that loves grasping. That's right. Everybody's reaching out for you in 3D. In 3D. I bet this movie was in 3D, though. It had to be. Oh, it totally was, yeah. yeah. I, lo- I looked it up. It was In, in fact, it was uh, in a different uh, uh, aspect ratio. Oh. But uh, they, I don't think that the 3D version is available anymore, but I'm not. I actually didn't look that far mm-hmm. into it. The copy that's on Amazon Prime looks stellar. Like, somebody put a lot of care into, like, making a nice, high-quality HD version for our our pleasure here. And I, I did very much enjoy this. It's almost a four-star film here, you know? Mm-hmm. We're looking at a three-and-a-half-star well, movie, guys. 143 people. Uh-huh. They like it. So, what was... TV, not so much. What was your favorite uh, crazy planet tribe, Joel, if you could pick one? Uh, no, I gotta go with the Amazonians, although oh. they don't really... Ha-cha-cha. I don't... They didn't really do much. Like, they were mm. like... Like you said, they are like underwater sirens. Yeah. Um, I think I think they could have made them into allies at some point and, mm. and maybe overthrown uh, Michael Ironside's character that way, but... Uh, maybe they were just hungry. They wanted to eat them. I, so I many, they had so many ideas. They yeah. were just throwing. Like we got to throw everything in there. Yeah, pretty much. I feel like they, when they planned this movie, they were like, "Well, we don't want it to be boring." Yeah, they're gonna have to like encounter like a bunch of stuff along the way. Like, and in a way, it kind of reminded me of Battle Beyond the Stars. Okay. In terms of, like, the way things happen in the movie and, like, how they interact with different... I mean, this was not really set in space. There's, like, a few minutes in space, but it's mostly on the planet yeah. that they're on. Um, I think there's a lot of shocking moments in this movie. Mm. <laughs> the first shocking moment is uh, these three ladies crash on the planet. And come out of these weird suits and like styrofoam. Yeah, weird, really weird looking, super shiny, like very. I mean, really well designed, like alien looking pod suits or whatever. Look like these, like they look like appendages sticking off. The they front had like of them three or serpents or I, something. I had a strange feeling that like they were like part tea kettle because they uh, all had like that weird. When kind they were done, they'll start whistling. Yeah. And these, like, leper creatures, like, come and get them. You mean the goobers? <laughs> the space goobers? There's so many weird creatures. They're plague victims. They must get away from them. We we don't know what happened. It looks like they're getting captured the last time we see them. And then the next time we see them, they're, yeah. on, they're on a train to Fame Town or wherever. <laughs> to Fame Town? You know, they're on a, they're on a, a sailing train that's on a tracks that were they were they they imprisoned at that point it doesn't seem like it i didn't i didn't get a feeling that they were imprisoned but i also didn't get a feeling they were very safe either i think they were must have been imprisoned in the sense that they weren't going to let them go okay but they weren't like in danger okay 
Yeah, that was one of the parts that kind of made me feel like Waterworld. Yeah. Um, the machines and like the weird guys fighting with their, with their weapons. Um, and then, yeah, they, they look like they're snapping the lady's necks. Yeah. But, and we thought they were dead. And then these weird guys come flying out of the sky called vultures that are like on these like wind uh what do you call them? Well they're like rocket propelled, whatever. They they're like hang gliders. Hang gliders with rockets yeah, on e- them. Ewok style hang gliders. And they're spewing smoke and yeah, they, they put these special like <laughs> these special loops on the on the girls who that we we all soon was were dead because we saw people break their freaking necks. We saw necks. them getting their necks broken. It wasn't it wasn't like they got paralyzed, you know, touched to you know Spock style or, or, or put in a sleeper hole. They, they made a bone snapping noise too. <laughs> like it was very legitimately the guy twisting his neck and her no longer conscious. We were all confused because we wondered why they would even want them if they were going to kill them. But it turned out that that didn't kill them somehow. Turns out snapping your neck, not a death move. Whatever species they were, we don't know what species these three ladies were. Perhaps they have They're earthers, dude. Well, he's an earther. I don't know about that. Oh, they were were earthers as well. How do you know? Did you check? Uh, it was on the galactic computer, dude. Did you check the tag? Oh, yeah, you man. mean when they were looking up the case there? Yeah, when he was when he when you saw his space socks when he was when a uh, wolf was uh, reclined in his uh, his living quarters. Man, nasty wolf, living living that uh, that single man life. The socks rubbing up against the the space window. His dirty his dirty socks. <laughs> That lady that he part. pulled out of stasis, she's like, I'm entitled to four hours of rest. Yeah. And that takes on a different meaning when you realize yeah. that <laughs> she's like a robot, like probably like a sex robot. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, she's, we can only assume since he bought her a special nightgown that doesn't go below her waist basically or or just it goes just below yeah. her waist to, to cover the hips and, and all the guys in the audience eyes pop out of their head and they have to put their 3D glasses back on oh that's right it wasn't 3D she seemed very human I thought she was just like a girlfriend or a co-worker at yeah. first and then um yeah something about the dynamic between them made me think that they were probably in a relationship and then she got shot by one of these weirdos when they were having the firefight over the the ladies that he was trying to rescue. Yeah. And uh, he just decided to melt her. Yeah. 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 She I, she got damaged, and like we see that she's she's robot, and then he presses some button on a thing and is very graphically melts. I just felt. I felt like she could have been saved, maybe in the cherry sort of two thousand way. Like he could have like rebuilt her if he wanted to. Yeah, it seemed like they had a relationship, like a, uh, you know, yeah, if not not necessarily just a sexual relationship. Like they they were buddies, you know. Yeah, 
they joked with each other and stuff like that, but it, I guess it was just like, huh, I'll it, have to get a new one. It was a little unjarring seeing his lack of for, of empathy of the situation, if that meant any, if that means anything to you too. But for to me, I, obviously, when I was a kid, I probably just I was just like, wow, laser fight. But like now, as an adult, I'm just like, oh man, <laughs> like he yeah. just like afterthought, press that button, she melted, Vaporized. he done, he done, yeah. that's it. Don't, <laughs> don't worry, he gets a fresh one later. A fresh robot, a fresh, fresh partner. Yeah, some of that implication didn't really come through till uh, this my view, this time viewing it. So, uh, well, I guess he, I guess he's not in Cherry Two Thousand. He was overly attached to his robot. Okay, this is I the think opposite that end. This is like the guy is just like whatever. It's just a robot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In Cherry Two Thousand, he's so attached to the robot. He's he's willing to put his life in danger. Is this kind of how the Whaling Corp kind of feels about replicants? You think <laughs> they just don't give a <laughs> about it? Probably they're just like, nah. I got a million. I got millions and millions of dollars. Let's just make another one. I mean, we could. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Maybe we can assume that, like, maybe he has, like, her memory backed up on the ship or something. Like oh. You know, if we wanted to be nice, but... Joel's fanfic, better than the movie. Yeah. Just saying. And then Ernie Hudson saves the day. By the way, Ernie Hudson's in this one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. On that topic, he's pretty awesome. He is very awesome. I, I like him in this movie a lot. Not enough, though. Yeah, not enough. And Molly Ringwald, who shows up... As Smells bad. Kind of a oh. kind of a scroungy character that's been living on this planet and I got I got like a scroungy Luke Skywalker kind of feel from Ooh, her. That's interesting. From yeah. the from uh, this time around when I was watching it. I could see that. She's got the the I'll never get to the Haji station kind of kind of thing going on. Right. <laughs> But with her broken, her broken uh, uh, Earth language, yeah, lack of words and 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 uh, whatnot. I speak Earth good. Don't try to brain trick me. That's right. Yeah, she's kind of she's like a, a much younger, stinky, smelly Melanie Griffith from Cherry Two Thousand once again, because she's a tracker. Oh yeah, Melanie Griffith is. Uh, I don't remember if there's specific. She's specifically a tracker. I don't remember, but. You know, she's hired to get taken, take him to where he needs to go. That's right. But we're supposed to, Wolf is a very capable man. You know, he shoots, he scores, he drives. That's right. Uh, he looks like Kevin Sorbo. Maybe it's just the hair. That's what I thought. Let me just look at the picture. Yeah, I'm looking at him. He's, he's looking at me and I don't like it. Um, I felt his, uh... He he was pretty fun in this movie. Um, he didn't really, you know, he definitely, you know, packed packed with those those one liners, you know, mm-hmm. ready ready to fire him off at the appropriate moment. Uh, but definitely, the scene that made me laugh the most is when he saw those watery sirens and just that 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 smirk, yeah, that smile, smile. Like, yeah. yeah, like dude, you're surrounded by a bunch of yeah, they're scantily clad but they're all <laughs> holding weapons. Yeah, that it just that killed me. They killed me. This isn't hell goes to, comes to Frogtown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that yeah, it's one encounter after another. And they run into those guys after the baby creatures, right? Yep. 
Yeah, they they are trying to go through this like watery area. And of course, you know as soon as she jumps off the truck or whatever into the water that something's going to grab her from underneath because that's like everybody's worst nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then a hand comes up and starts grabbing her and then it turns out to be these women that are like underwater creatures born to fight. <laughs> Born to born to find things for their water dragon to they, eat. They chill with dragons. That's right. They well, chill they with dragons. They didn't seem to like that dragon. I don't think that they were necessarily associated. They coexist, at least. I felt that they were capturing them for probably to watch it eat, and they were going to eat whatever was remaining. I thought that maybe the dragon was just not expect. I mean, they uh, run okay. away as soon as it shows up. So oh. I think it's just a creature that they occasionally have to deal with. It could be easily taken care of if you have like a some sort of laser pistol. Fair enough. I guess that is kind of like one of the all all around solutions for this movie is laser gun. Maybe that's why I liked this movie as a kid because I was like, <laughs> I mean, that it, seems to fix it, it everything. Does seem like really action packed and like a, an adventure movie that has unique stuff in it. Yeah. It does make me wish that there were some space movies that didn't have so much like danger of death in them mm. i wish that wasn't the only challenge that they were facing in space yeah but i get it those are the most um popular stories that are set in space because it's so we consider it to be such a fragile environment you know totally i but. guess I, but space is like the opposite of, of an environment that one can live in so i guess it's always kind of one of those threats right yeah. Death by space. Yeah, and, you know, aliens and stuff, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or just environment. You just, like, the air in some movies is, like, what's gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're, they're lucky in the beginning when their escape pods end up on this planet. When they're it just randomly explode. I really like that beginning scene with that, that super cool-looking spaceship. Yeah. I, I want to be there. Like I want to try it out. Cruise ship or whatever. I want to. I want to be in that ship, man. Uh, I, I bet I it's would, like a, except for the well, fact that when when <laughs> starts going wrong, they like don't worry, everything's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, loaded with uh, you know safe sense of security. Yeah, uh, but it definitely felt like like someone had taken like a bowling ball and melted it into a spaceship. In a lot of ways, all magical looking. I bet Zaphod Bieberbox used to hang out on that ship. Totally. Absolutely correct. Yeah, they created some cool silhouettes of things and some cool shapes, like you were saying. Kind of a mix of different things. My least favorite was when they went to the uh, zone where the, um, what, dog... Dog man? Oh, that the uh, overdog. Overdog was. Overdog. Because that just looked like a big mess. <laughs> that place had it's like... It's a trash dump. It had like silly string and like half-empty sodas. <laughs> like. I liked I liked how Overdog's like minion was like, we've taken all that was good of this planet and now we're using it. The chemist. For our pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you guys look like you're having lots of fun. 
<laughs> Congratulations. And like the camera's panning over like a bunch of bubbling pots of yeah, like unknown weird. unknown substances. We've taken everything that's good. And now, oh, don't worry, ladies. You're going to be part of the good things now. From the from the trash people who were on the uh, the the wind sailed railroad at the, the beginning of the movie, they mention the the old man mentions that he was one of the original doctors. Oh yeah, who had landed? I think in my in my in my Aaron's fanfic that Overdog was one of the other doctors because okay. he mentioned oh, he mentioned yeah. there were two. Well, I was thinking two maybe the original chemist. Yeah. Or the chemist. Or maybe the chemist was the other doctor. Because yeah. they were trying to, it seemed like they were trying to make the chemist into an important sounding character. Like even, even Nikki, that's Molly Ringwald's character at one point is like, oh, this is the, this is the chemist's area. And like, he's, he's been trying to catch me for years. Well, I feel that, that Overdog must have had some importance though, uh, as far as the original colony was. Cause why, why else would he have, why else would he have this 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 technology allowing him uh, to gain this sort of unnatural length of life? He was just born that way. Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah. <laughs> no, so he needs to clip those fingernails. Yeah. And those teeth. He had a grill before oh, yeah. it was. Oh cool. yeah, way before. <laughs> yeah, and that part where he says to Wolf, "Get out of my grill." That doesn't happen. Sorry. So, uh, uh, let's see. The story of this this movie, I was about to say this video game. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about video games. Is that... What have you been playing, Joel? If we don't talk about video games? Uh, I've been playing Pokemon Go. Sick. And I caught, I caught some Pokemans. What, what have you been playing, Sarah? If we don't play video games or talk about them? Uh... Please don't talk about video games. The, the, the secret <laughs> podcast inside our podcast. Animal Crossing. Oh, so sick. My mom and dad have been playing that. I've been watching them. And uh, what else? I, I gave my nephew a character in there, and he was so excited. Yes. And what else? My mom and dad, they compete with the fishing contest. Oh, yeah. Um, they have the Wii that version of the game. a real competitive thing. Yeah. That's funny. Animal Crossing's badass, guys. Yeah. It is very good. But this movie is not oh, Animal Crossing. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've been watching people play video games on YouTube. That's uh, my that's my current trend. That's all I do. I don't play them myself anymore. I'm too lazy to to try. I'm I'm probably gonna play Fallout seventy six pretty soon here. Sure. Yeah. It's gonna happen. We've been watching a lot of Jeopardy since it's been on. Oh tight. He's like, don't go on okay. the tangent. Uh, all right, sorry, sorry. Aaron, tell me the story. Please, please don't please don't play video games. The secret podcast Aaron, inside of this is now concluded. Thank you for listening, guys. Tell me the story of Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Well, this is a movie about explosions. Because... Wait a minute. Uh, the movie starts with a spaceship exploding. Okay. Uh, landing on a planet. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's just a series of explosions leading to a spaceship flying away from a planet. Uh, sometimes good guys are in these explosions. Sometimes bad guys. Also, there's tiny children singing no. unison. <laughs> you are fired. Oh, okay. 
He does force uh, Molly Ringwald to take a bath. That's one thing. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. So I was hoping when we got to the story, we could talk about how weird that was. He's got space pert plus for her, for her, 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 uh, her colony dandruff. It's one thing for him to be like, this is a stinky child. I'm going to, I'm going to wash this child. Except for uh, after the whole bathing thing, it's revealed that like it's, it's, it's Molly Ringwald. It's an underage Molly Ringwald. Everybody take a, take a good looks Costanza. She kind of looks a little bit like a, like a dirty Furiosa to begin with. Uh, with like the paint there, the 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 face makeup they'd given her, mm-hmm. uh, Fur- yeah, Furiosa with hair, I guess you could say, like a stinky one. This is before she loses her arm. Yeah, before she loses her arm. Yeah, and then, then this guy just like throws her in this radioactive pit of water. I can only imagine that that it's not radioactive, you know, and and decides to throw some shampoo on her. And yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm just gonna say, I wasn't very cool at that scene. You know, I didn't feel it was very, you know, uh. Uh, you know, needed, but I guess, but I guess that they were kept trying to make this point that she was real stinky. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know if it needed to be in the movie. I, I, it was. I thought it was funny when he had her and throw her in the water, and then he like actually has soap on his person. Yeah, well, that's the thing that that kind of makes the scene like funnier, in my opinion, right. as well. That he had the soap ready to go, you know, like in his utility belt. Mm-hmm. That this is just a thing. Like, I mean. If this is a thing, why is his why are his socks dirty? Is all I'm trying to get at. Like he's only like, going to socks. If he's so worried about, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, his robots already making fun of his, uh, you know, his uh, vocation as junk man, or what was that? What would she call him? A space garbage man? Space garbage. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got the feeling he must have been like a bounty hunter or something like that. Oh know, yeah, kind of thing. Absolutely. Because like, he was trying to get that reward. Yep. Some well, even his, even his uh, ex friend. Uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, yeah, Washington and him. Washington, up. Ernie Hudson, who is awesome. I like his space snowplow that he's driving in this movie. I don't think I've ever seen him bald before, and he's you know he's he's clean as a as my friend Joey used to say, which doesn't make any sense. Clean as a whistle on the uh, top of his head. <laughs> oh right, right. I don't I, think I've ever seen a dirty whistle. To be honest with you, yeah, I don't know. What do you think his life was like? That character. Before he crash-landed on this planet and was uh, forced to try to make a deal with Wolf, I think he had it pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling. Uh, now, now Wolf was trying to, of course, uh, like demean him by saying that the sector of space that he was being a patrolman of was kind of a <laughs> one or a stupid one. He was or, also, yeah. you know, being like, you have to follow orders. Yeah, that was, that was the idea being that Wolf can't follow orders. Wolf, uh... He's alone, right. uh, but, wolf. But but Washington even <laughs> mentioned that that. Uh, but it sounded like also that maybe he was like he also was kind of a criminal. Wolf was because like he was like even that you're even that you're here on this planet. I I have to arrest you now. And maybe that's just because that this is a quarantine planet. Maybe that's what it was. But I, I got the feeling that maybe he was like outside the law in a lot of ways. Maybe he's a deserter or something. Yeah, I also got that feeling too. Yeah, it's funny that it he's like not. Neither one of them are like completely capable of able uh, doing the job on their own. You know, it's like Wolf is a is yeah. pretty bad, a eh? but he's getting <laughs> he's getting his uh, the planet is a harsh planet. Yeah, like his vehicle is not able to handle every situation, mm-hmm. and he doesn't actually know necessarily where he's. Going. I think once the 
his uh, Android mistress goes down, that that was going to be his navigation. So it's lucky he went into that that what was that? That was like a a silo full of corpses just randomly. <laughs> what yeah, was, yeah, what was the, the point of that? I don't know. I guess it was just world building. It looked awesome, but yeah, just a bunch of skeletons falling <laughs> on you. Um, kind of Indiana Jones like, you know? Totally. Yeah. And th- I mean, they ran out of water at one point. They were like about to die. <laughs> they faced a lot of challenges. I think that's what my young self really enjoyed about this movie is the the quick pace. Uh-huh. Uh, there's not really a moment to linger for All the most right. part. Uh, yeah, just full of challenges. Oh, yeah, goes by crazy, goes by crazy, click. crazy stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And plenty of creepy moments too, like when uh, our three ladies are presented to Michael Ironside, and he's like, "Undress that one." Uh, no, no, undress her slowly. <laughs> Cringe factor times a million, guys. I immediately, I, I immediately was like, "I'm sorry, we're watching." I this. just started laughing because it was so gross, but like over the top. Oh yeah, like that. It was like somebody wrote that <laughs> for this guy to say to that girl, and you, you can't, you can't imagine what this guy's intentions are. Like, it's one thing to just be a scared person, like, what is this person about to do to me for the wi- the ladies in that situation, but this is, like, a weird cyborg creature that is gonna drain them of their life force or something? Their vitality. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I was trying to remember what... Like, I feel like I've seen... Characters look exactly how they had Michael Ironside set up in this movie in a whole bunch of different, like, pieces of media or artwork or other movies. And I just, I can't really place it, but it was, you know, it's like a mixture of uh, Hellraiser, the guy, in, the doctor in Hellraiser 2, and then, like, a little bit of Dark City going on there. Mm-hmm. And, that, uh, and obviously Darth Vader, like a total reference to Darth Vader. But, um,. In the Dune 2000 RTS to go back to video games. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, that's, that that our secret podcast is done within a podcast. Joel. There is a there's a third party. There's the Harkonnen. There's uh-huh. the uh, what, what House the, Atreides. Atreides, and then there's a there's another party that the Bene Gesserit witches, no, perhaps. No, it starts with an S, and they're like green. They're like. Sadikar? Sat- they're all kind of like... No, I think those are orcs, sorry. Mach- machine-ish, like, people. Mm. Oh. So they're, you know, Are you talking about the trade? The trade, uh... Never mind. Am I? I don't... I, you know, I don't know. I can't remember. But there's, like, stuff going on there. And, of course, that's, like, referencing... Specifically referencing David Lynch's movie. Mm. Which, I don't know what year that came out. Aaron, tell me. The year in which the movie Dune came out. I got I don't know. I I I, uh, I got to drink some spice maybe and trip out for a minute. The water. I must drink the water of life, Joel, did and then we, I'll tell you. Did we talk about Dune? We did a Dune. We recorded Dune. Okay. Maybe we did, or maybe I just dreamed it. No, I think we did. We must have. I remember watching it with you guys, and I was naked, but and then I then mean, there were a bunch of marshmallows that fell out of the sky and hit me in the eyeballs. Yeah, it sounds like you had some spice. Yeah, I had to turn to my homework, and everyone made fun of me. The spice will flow, Joel. Ooh. 
Some people can ride a worm. (laughs) (laughs) Man, any more movies? I mean, need more movies with guitar solos while people are riding on worms. That's all I'm saying. I'm down. When you think about it, this movie didn't really have that many alien creatures other than that weird dragon thing. Yeah, no, mostly you're just kind of seeing the remnants of uh, humanity trying to just get by in their post-apocalyptic sci-fi world. And pl- I mean, plenty of variety of human yeah. things. So, like, it's not really a complaint. Because <laughs> are we supposed to get the feeling that in the earlier in the movie, before a wolf meets Molly Ringwald's character, the tracker, um, like, is he finding like the remnants of like what the colony was like beforehand? Like, because because you know he has those like skeletons land on him. You're kind of seeing the interior of this like deteriorated ship. Uh, I don't know. I just got a feeling that that was maybe like how humanity started there and before they tried to come up with alternative ways of surviving this harsh environment. I don't know. Yeah. It's a lot of layers. Yeah. I feel like if you had, if you did watch this again, which I probably will at some point, that you probably could actually pick out like details that they put in without exactly spelling out. Like the, the movie does a really good job of not, specifically spelling out yeah like, well this is the way this is because of this you know kind of thing well, I, got, I got the feeling like a lot of the, a lot of the problems we were running into were were them trying to or the the, the states of, of crisis our characters are landing into or we're seeing the results of of them trying different ways of surviving like those weird pod people that was like some way to like continue the population maybe but it just didn't work out overdogs figured out a way to survive but because you know he's just he's caring more about himself he's just taking the vitality of he that he can from non-plague victims yeah using that trippy i don't even know what what, what did the, the the weird mirrored tunnel with like uh a, with neon reflectors in it funhouse like spinny yeah thing right like where people throw knives at you or something <laughs> um yeah the, his lair, man. <laughs> Not a fun place. He had all these place. like torturous things that, that he wanted people to run through and stuff. And uh yeah, then he puts people on this like it reminded me of like a heat lamp that like you turn <laughs> on to stay warm. Totally. He's like laying a lady on the coils of this like what looked like a heat lamp. <laughs> With, like, air coming through it or something. I don't know. I'm going to take your vitality. He was a convincingly creepy character. Michael Ironside. You can always count on Michael Ironside. Yeah. Like, I can't think of a a time where I've seen a a bad performance. And, like, most recently we saw him in, um, what was that uh, miniseries about the, the guy that in old New York that we're trying to solve those murders. I'm talking about... In old New York. In old New York. And it's got... uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Joel, you're amazing. The alienist. Yeah. Yeah, He's like the mayor or something like Mm. that. I can see him being a a pretty creepy mayor. Kind of guy like trying to keep the peace. Keep it under wraps. Oh, so that's Don't one problem it. with my guy inside. You never see him go like, that's probably a good guy. Yeah. That's true. He's typecasted as a villain. If somebody does too good a job at being a villain, it's really hard to not see them that way. I think. Yeah. So I think 
yeah, you have to be careful and maybe, like, change your appearance as an actor to, like, be seen in a different way. Take a softer role, perhaps, or, or, you know, some type of uh, supporting actor role or two. Grow a full beard and mustache. Wear a wig. Sometimes I wonder about actors' careers. I wonder, like, later on... Because, you know, a lot of the actors that we see as, like, serious, like, actors now, they started off as kind of like a pretty boy, like, actor in the beginning or something. And I'm thinking, like, oh, imagine some of the young actors now that come out as, like, a pretty boy. Like, they could end up being, like, the serious, dramatic actors Very true. in the future. If, like, yeah, anyway. I mean, it feels like they have to want it, you know, like... Oh, yeah, they have to work. Like, people that get... uh, It's a trend with people that were stuck in uh, franchise movies, like the Harry Potter series or the Twilight series. Like, a bunch of those actors actually got out and, like, like completely separated themselves from their roles from there and and just took as many interesting projects as they could, Mm -hmm. with the exception of Taylor Lautner, who is no good to anyone on this planet. Uh, But, you know, there's lots of examples of that. I was just thinking about Brian Cranston, how, how like he had this, uh, you know, like dad role, and and in uh, as far as the TV, as far yeah. as TV is concerned, <laughs> and where most of the time he's just a goofball, and you know he has a couple shining moments of brilliance where he's like, you know, he he you know he, he finds himself or whatever, but then he's always kind of thrown back to this like oh, I can't get anything right. And then he got freaking Breaking Bad, where it's just like wow, yeah. And then, you know, Godzilla or whatever. Yep, that's that's the last thing he did. They threw him out. They <laughs> threw him out. He's We're a- done with you, Brian Cranston. What, can I be Lex Luthor? No. Thank you for your service. And he's like Should have been Lex Luthor. He's like a totally different, like, rich, like, bad guy in um, Sneaky Pete. He's like a crime lord, but like, yeah. But anyway, he's like... The kind of person who wears a suit all the time and stuff, and he's—I haven't seen Trumbo totally yet. Different. Oh yeah, I loved that movie. Got to see that one sometime. I loved that movie. He has a wacky mustache in that movie because <laughs> the guy actually did. In yeah, Trumbo life. had that mustache. Yeah, he just—he stole it directly off his corpse. Oh wow, Brian Cranston sure does like to get in that role. You know, an actor that we have not ever seen after Space Hunter: Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Peter Strauss. I was like trying to look at his work and see if like if he was possibly in anything else and I think this movie I think was a, like a huge box office failure. Oh. It like came out the week before Return of the Jedi. Oh, oh dang. And, and big competition. Yeah, they did that on purpose, but I think it was to their detriment because they had a big opening weekend. They had like uh their budget was like 11 million and they made like 7 million on the first weekend. Yeah. Which is, you know, halfway there. All you got to do is yeah. keep up the momentum, but, you know, after got that it. Point. And I think this is like, we're, like, we're looking at this screen here on Amazon and IMDb 5.4 out of 10. And I can only assume it's because the kind of people who go on IMDb and rate things are the kind of people that might not be into this movie. Now, We've gone 150 deep on freaking things, and I gotta say, this movie was way more entertaining than some of the other stuff we've watched. I feel 5.4 isn't a very accurate representation of this movie. I would say it's probably like a 6 or a 7. Yeah, I'd give it a 7. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it was that entertaining too. I don't know if I would want to watch it again, um, but I definitely found it interesting to watch one time through, and that's more than I can say for some of the movies we watch on this podcast. I feel if I ever go to one of those Wasteland Weekend sort uh-huh. of events where you dress up like a Wastelander, oh, yeah. that I might want to watch this movie again to get some inspiration on some mm-hmm. like uh, some pretty uh, fun costuming oh, ideas. Man. Dress like a vulture? That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Otherwise, uh, I mean, I, it was a fun revisit, but I think I'm done as well. I think that's uh, what would be really cool if you could is to get a motorcycle and then just put one of those like weird <gasps> those cages, little shells. Like, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was cool. That would be so fun. Oh. Uh, uh, okay, so this is our plan. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna okay. set up a, a bunch of chain link fences. All right, and uh, dig some holes in, sure. in, in like a pathway type thing, mm-hmm. and then set up. Uh, you know, put a bunch of spikes on the front of my car or something. Okay. And then we'll just force people to, you know, run through blades and, and like, fall fall into a bunch of, like, spiky stuff, like <laughs> Suspiria, uh, and that one part where the girl falls oh, yeah. into the room and just happens to be filled with razor coil or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's what you keep in at your ballerina school. It should just be a room often. full of barbed wire. Yeah. Yeah. The pro- the problem with the the gauntlet in this movie is that nobody had one of those giant spears that you know you have to try to push over the track. Oh yeah, or the Q tips where you fight. But but Molly Ringwald does go over a balance beam. She really does, and that was impressive. Um, the only other movie I can compare the the gauntlet as you referred to do it to, as other than the Running Man mm-hmm. is the. Uh, <laughs> the late nineties Dungeons and Dragons I movie. I was thinking the exact oh. same thing. Has like a, a tryout sort of a dungeon thing in it. It's a dungeon with a treasure at the end that the King of Thieves has not been able to get. Oh, okay. So uh, our our uh, stupid haired hero <laughs> and snails. That's right, snails. Marlon Wayans. Man, uh, go into the trap now. How many times have I seen this movie? You may be asking. The answer is once at the movie theater. The reason I know it so well is because We Hate Movies has a really good episode on it. I'll have to look that one up. Uh, I, unfortunately, had a copy of the VHS tape, Joel. There's nothing unfortunate about that. That's something to brag about. That's something you can <laughs> tell your grandkids about. <laughs> I don't know if I want to tell any grandkids about this. Anybody's grandkids. Hey, you bought movies on vhs because you oh, don't no, no, have no. a choice this was given to me joel oh okay was it grandma no jose gave it to me when he worked at the Fillmore video oh and me and jeff came in and he's like hey you guys are into this right and he, and he, and he, and he pushed the tape towards us he was such a pusher back in the day <laughs> he took, he'd be he like hey listen to this yep <laughs> yeah and uh, Jose, I appreciate you for that. Thank you, man. Yeah, he was probably like, Shout hey, Joel, out. let me talk to you. And I'd be like, leave me alone. Jose Serna, thanks for uh, introducing us to some stuff. Yep. Mm. Pepe. Yeah, I used to like finding those weird things in Fillmore video. Yeah. Just random Good stuff. Good memories. Yeah. Ra- uh, was it Ralph Lundgren's uh, Punisher movie? Dolph. Dolph. Uh, Rolf. Rolf is in like the Muppet. Yeah, the Punisher is Rolf. The Muppet. I'm down. That is a bit that I don't have the comedic talent to come up with. Mm -hmm. Well, they killed my family. (laughs) 
They gunned down the frog, so I had to go get him. <laughs> Why don't we just go have a nice picnic? <laughs> I got to stop the electric company. The electric mayhem. You'll never get away with this, Kingpin. <laughs> and in translation, it says, when I was a boy. So you and I. Yeah, it's not too much of that movie. TV show. Okay. So, yeah. Space Hunter. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I had a good time with it. Yeah. I didn't even think of this. The name is Space Hunter. Adventures yep. in the Forbidden Zone. Space Hunter. Yeah, they were asking for this to be like an ongoing series, and yeah, it just unfortunately didn't make it. Well, I'd watch another one. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> what do you mean? That oh. they wanted it to be a franchise? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I think there was a lot of potential. If they really wanted it to be a franchise, I felt that he probably should have saved his robot lady. So he could, like, you know, fix her up. I guess you're right, disposable. Go buy a new one. Right, right. I'm forgetting I'm not part of the culture of this movie, so I don't understand how disposable your fembots are. It's just got to, this movie yeah. emphasizes that women are disposable. Yeah, I know. It, it, literally, right in front of your eyes, the lady melts. And also, they, so, yeah. they stink until you bathe them. Yeah. Oh, no, fair enough. No, you're right. You know what? I hate this movie. <laughs> She would probably be back in the sequel. Oh. Just new, like... New model of her. Yeah, but the same. So, like, yeah. Bi when Bishop same comes way. back in Alien? All right, fair enough. Yeah. You know it. All right, I'm going to read the outro stuff. You guys think of a lesson you learned from Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. This is usually where I come up with something else I didn't think of before, but now I'm just burping. Hello, listeners. If you have any suggestions or comments you want to give directly to us, you know, stab us directly in the heart with your your constant uh, prattle. Wait. Uh, anyways, you can you write into us. Please don't podcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook, facebook.com slash PDSMIOS. If you got a few dollars, we'd love to receive all of your fresh, fresh money. All you have to do is go to coffee. And send it directly into my precious account. That's ko-fi.com slash pdsmios. All these links are in the show notes. So for $3, what can we offer our listeners for the small price of a cup of coffee? We could uh, strap them up to your vitality sapping machine. And much like Underdog, we could just collect their dollar bills. <laughs> well, that doesn't seem like a benefit for them. But yes, that's what we'll do. Well, they might be into it. Yeah, that's true. You know what? Don't write it. <laughs> we could get a bag of candy and eat it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With your $3? Yeah, and we could talk about that candy. Yeah. Um, candy talk. What else could we do? You could play a video game. A $3 video game. <laughs> hey, there. you know what? Black Friday Steam sales. Oh, yeah. There's so much garbage you can get for three days. Oh, you know it. You, you know even, it. You don't yeah. even need a sale. Not even a game you'll download. It'll just no. sit there in your library forever. That anime lady's looking at me. <laughs> I got this game. Hot Tuffle Boyfriend. Oh. Just saying. That's that's like ten bucks. Wow. Big spender, Joel. Hey, hey, you pay a lot of money for pigeon love. <laughs> <laughs> Anthropomorphic oh, okay. German tank love. Mm, 
Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Yeah. Three dollars will buy that German tank game for Aaron. <laughs> Thank you. And if you want to listen to more podcasts, like, why would you? Uh, <laughs> you can <laughs> check out the other podcasts at eartrumpetaudio.com. That is the uh, network we're a part of. But uh, thank you for listening. We all appreciate you very much. Thank you, Ear Trumpet, for um, still allowing us to be on your network. And uh, by the way, if you're interested, uh, some of the other details, uh, our, our artwork is by Jed Dowtry. And our intro and outro music is by David DeRoy. Thanks, you guys, so much for that. Thank you, Jed. Thank you, David. You guys have to remind me to say that. I've been leaving out. I need to put it back into the podcast. These are important people, and we can't thank them enough. Thank you. So, did you guys learn a lesson from Space Hunter? Well, I mean, the first one that came to my mind when we started watching this movie was that when you, you know, for your for your escape pods, it's real important that uh, that you uh, have some type of uh, discernible. Uh, programming in what is a suitable planet to crash land onto. Because, uh, yeah, sure, it had air, probably had some water, but uh, y- y- your ship's got to be able to realize that, nah, go for the next one. Right. <laughs> Leave this planet alone. Should be able to detect more of what the situation's going to be once you open the ship. Well, I feel like it was only a couple buttons and Wolf suddenly knew that, like, that this planet was uninhabitable due to plague. So, like, very easily, you know, maybe your program could, like, look up the history of this planet. Because, I mean, very obviously, uh, I I wouldn't want to have the inhabitants of my spaceship land on a planet that was ridden by plague. I mean, these rich people have probably been inoculated. See, there's that one scene where they're presented before the chemist and there's Mm -hmm. the guy with, like, a syringe and they're like... It like does slow motion, but I don't even know what that was about. I just felt that was just to intensify the peril, the need, the need for our heroes to get to them quickly, mm. and uh, just so they could all sit in a spaceship and laugh at each other at the end of the movie. Something we didn't talk about: the the way the chemist is defeated is that Wolf goes up and squeezes a bottle that's attached to him. Yeah, I thought. I th- yeah, you nailed it. Okay, Sarah, did you learn anything? Uh, yeah, my lesson was don't f*** with Michael Ironside. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've learned that lesson a couple of times now. I really like the fact that whenever he wanted something done, he just lifted his claws up. Yeah. And then people would cheer or, like, begin. (laughs) Yeah. Need I remind you? (laughs) (laughs) And then he had that weird kind of pump thing in front of him that was just kind of like. Kind of like operating. Yeah, for me it was kind of a cross between uh, uh, Jean-Luc with the Borg. Yeah, Locutus all the way. And uh, maybe the Captain EO creature. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was definitely thinking Captain EO. Yeah. I like the the, uh, claw from a claw machine kind of quality of his uh, giant... Giant hands. They only gave him three thingies, yeah, on each one. You know that's not the proper. I guess he's not. Do- he's not doing anything except for picking up young ladies, literally <laughs> and figuratively. <laughs> yeah. My lesson is that you can easily take out somebody 
and not harm them other than putting them to sleep by breaking their neck. And, uh, wait, uh, sorry, sorry. Obviously, that's a bad lesson, because it only works with women. We saw a man get the same thing done to him, and that guy died. Oh, yeah, and that was done by one of our heroes, too, right? Yeah, so. that was Ernie Hudson. Yeah. He's a man who knows how to break a neck properly. That's right. Well, that's what it was. Those guys are amateurs. Yep. Yep. Well, can you still sap the vitality of somebody who's neck, if their neck's broken? I don't like, if they're so. in, like, a coma or something, maybe? Not, Does mean, it the same level of output for their vitality? I feel like you might be able to like wake someone up from a coma by yeah. doing it like the other way. I don't think it really mattered. Like like unbreaking their neck, like yeah. putting in the mm-hmm. wrong. Oh yeah, that's doctors haven't figured that out yet. That you just gotta. <laughs> it's like a shortcut on the keyboard. <laughs> it's it's like when you're uh, you're charging cable. You just gotta you gotta have it didn't directly you know in the right position and if it moves out it doesn't charge but if you got it right there then then you can suck the vitality right out of the power line yeah you nailed it you figured it out yep thank secrets you. of the universe revealed right here thank you very much i'm trying <laughs> that's the best i can do is try right that's right <laughs> it's true we'll see you next week folks thanks for listening bye thanks for listening thanks for listening EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear.